you remind me of the babe. What babe? The babe with the power. What power? The power of voodoo. Voodoo? Voodoo. Do what? Remind me of the babe. All right. Did I get it right? You got it right. <laughs> Yay. Yay. Pat yourself on the Yay. back. All right, I people. Was like sweating bullets through that. Welcome to the Fluent Nerd, a not so serious discussion on all things nerdy. I'm Z. I'm Neil. So, this is a show where we take a nerdy franchise, movie, show, game, comic, whatever. We give you some history and some trivia. And then we're going to talk about the most famous and infamous moments from that franchise. Additionally, our feedback and our love hate relationship with all things. Yes, pretty much. So, what are we talking about this week, Z? We're going to be talking about the labyrinth. Hence the weird thing we did at the beginning there. That's not weird. That's just how I talk. <laughs> Voodoo? <laughs> you do. All right. Uh, so, 1986. It was directed by Jim Henson, who you know is the puppet man. Puppet master. Uh, executive produced by George Lucas, with concept art by Brian Frode. Uh, and Freud? Oh, God damn, we're doing this again. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to say his fucking name. All right. Deal with it. Um... So, Freud and Henson have collaborated before with The Dark Crystal in 1982, and the script was written by Terry Jones of Monty Python in 1984, and Freud is also the father of baby Toby in the movie. Toby. Toby. His name is Toby. Not even going to touch that one. <laughs> this was billed as a musical fantasy, which is pretty pretty apt. Um, it has a, had a budget of $25 million and it only grossed $12.9 million. Now, since that time, it has received a heck of a cult following. Yeah. Um, Jim Henson was pretty crushed by the lack of success on this movie, but, you know, the Muppets did have their day, including Muppet Treasure Island, which is the second best pirate movie ever made. <laughs> What's the first? Hook. Okay. Mm-hmm. Pirates of the Caribbean's like, number 40-something. Yeah, no, does it make the top 50? I mean, it's up there because I can't think of 50 pirate movies. <laughs> so by default, it's it's in the top 50. <laughs> oh, wait. There is Cutthroat Island. That's a bad fucking movie. Never seen it. Well, we'll cover it one day okay. and we'll get to see it. Uh, so there is a 15-year-old girl named Sarah. Uh, she's basically every drama kid from every high school ever. Uh, she's kind of an emo. She's seen reading The Labyrinth at the beginning of the movie. She's seen acting by herself in the park. Like I said, every <laughs> high school drama kid. Wait, wait, her dog Merlin was oh, there. Oh, yeah, Merlin was there because that makes it okay. <laughs> um, kind of like Neil. He only had a friend. The only friend he had growing up was a dog. You'll never know my real history. <laughs> so she goes home and is pissed to find out she has a babysit her brother. Which, oh my god, drama. She was like an hour late for it, too. Yeah. What a fucking bitch. She's a terrible person. Terrible, terrible person. Yeah. But aren't all 15-year-old girls? Um, yeah, I don't know any, so I'm going to assume yes. I don't either. Yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking about it. So she wishes out loud that goblins would take her baby brother, which, I mean, who hasn't been there? I certainly have. <laughs> it didn't work, though. I'm still here, Z. You're not my baby brother. <laughs> True. Maybe that. Maybe I have. To have maybe I have to be related to him. Huh. I don't know if I ever wished. I just punched my brother a lot. I didn't really wish <laughs> goblins to take him away. I could take care of that shit on my own. <laughs> if I wanted to lock him in a labyrinth, I'd just done it. Because <laughs> you have a labyrinth. I know you do. <laughs> I do. Anyway, so David Bowie and his massive crotch bolts show up and take away little baby Toby. Ugh. Why so, not me? Why David, not me? Yeah. 
David Bowie. <laughs> Can I go next? <laughs> David Bowie and his massive crotch bulge played Jareth the Goblin King. Uh, he gives Sarah 13 hours to solve his uh, labyrinth to rescue her brother, which all of a sudden she cares about. He's also a master juggler and an owl, and he has really cool hair. And an owl. Like, it's just a side thing. It's He's like like a vampire, but kind of cooler. I don't know. What's cooler, owls or bats? Owls. I mean, it depends on the context. Yeah. But I, th- I yeah. Personally, I mean, I never cried over a bat dying, but Hedwig. Well, if you're an owl, you're way less likely to get, like, your head bitten off by Ozzy Osbourne. Mm, fact. <laughs> that That is a fact. All right, so then we meet a guy named Hoggle, who is basically the shittiest hobbit ever. Um, he gets dragged on this adventure, just like Bilbo. Hobble? Hogwart? Something like that. Anyway, as an aside, now that puppet is currently in the unclaimed baggage store in Alabama, which has a little museum, and he's fucking creepy as hell because he's half rotten. Also, a very little museum, like a literal entranceway. It's not even a museum per se. It's just like the lobby. The of shit the that store. they like that they're not going to sell because the rest yeah. of the place is like a giant fucking. But uh, I guarantee, store. if you offered him enough, you could own a half rotten hoggle. And he is like more half rotten. <laughs> oh yeah. I think he sat in the airport for a couple years before they found it to sell it. Which yeah. also, if you know who it belongs to, what the fuck? Give it back to No, Jim but seriously, I, I think we're glossing over that fact that the fucking Hoggle Puppet was unclaimed airport baggage. Well, this movie didn't do well, all right? It didn't get a cult following until, like, <laughs> most of the little kids that grew up watching it became grown-ups and started showing their kids. And then assholes with podcasts started talking about it. And, and we yeah. are assholes, and we are talking about it. So Actually, I'm not speaking. I'm communicating through my mind into yours. Yeah, Z's actually just a brain in a jar. Mm-hmm. I'm a damn good-looking brain, though. Eh, <laughs> I've seen better. So they go off on this adventure, and he doesn't want to, but Jareth's making him do it because he wants to use Hoggle to distract her from getting to the castle. Hogwart? Hogwart? Something like that. Hoggle. So she promptly falls into an oubliette, which they talk about in the movie and i think hoggle even says you don't ever know what an oubliette is and i also did not know what an oubliette was so it's from the french phrase oublier which means to forget Ooh, french yeah it's a hole basically it's a prison cell that just has a hole or a hatch on top and they drop uh, you in it to forget about you french would have a special word for a hole yeah pretty much and our use of the word goes back to 1819, where it's quoted in Ivanhoe. But the French have been using that word since 1374. So, yeah. The more you know. There's a fact you'll promptly forget. Oubliet. <laughs> Oublier. Uh, so then we got Ludo, who's a big, hairy motherfucking beast. Ludo. Ludo. And he also can uh, make rocks come by yelling at them, which is, I guess, a skill. I'm gonna, I'm gonna rock past that joke there. Just You're just mad because I rock so hard. <laughs> <laughs> that was bad. Stone cold shit. <sighs> like a rock, oh, like a rock. Let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> I killed the joke, people. God damn it! Then you got Sir Denimus, who is a fox, and he has a dog named Ambrosius, which is fucked up it's like the goofy movie from the 90s but everyone wants to forget about that nope dog slave that slavery 
It's slavery. It's, it's fucked slavery. up, people. Slavery's not cool. We at the Fluent Nerd do not do not condone slavery. Endorse or condone slavery. In any form. Moving on. <laughs> Moment of silence. <laughs> Sarah. Hawk will give Sarah a poisoned peach because Jared tells him to, which tastes a lot like Rohypnol. <laughs> and she wakes up in the, uh, the masquerade ball scene, which she, if you know anything about the movie, this is the scene you think about. Or if you've ever been to the Dragon Con masquerade ball, it's basically what it's based on. Uh, yeah. So she slow dances with Jareth, who basically tries to convince her to fall in love with him, and it's totally not creepy for some reason, even though she's 15. And uh, But it's totally creepy. She wakes up in a uh, junkyard surrounded by creepy old junk women who try to brainwash her. Junk gypsies. Which, on this rewatch that we did just recently, I realized that when she's in her room in this scene, the uh, junk women are stacking stuff on her back, which is basically what they look like. Yeah. So it's implied that... She is turning into a junk woman herself, or they're trying to make her into one, which implies that all of them at some point were probably chasing down a little baby brother in this world. So this whole thing is probably going on for thousands of years. We'll get to that. <clears throat> yeah, we'll get into that. Um, Maybe. So she eventually says nope, and she goes to look for her brother again, and the squad rolls up and helps her out. <laughs> squad. <laughs> it's the squad. They uh, squad. They finally get to Jareth's place. There's an MC Escher staircase scene, which is pretty fucking cool. Bowie gets creepy again, and she utters the famous and powerful words, you have no power over me, which somehow defeats him. Which, now that I'm thinking about it, is kind of like that scene from uh, Lord of the Rings. No man can defeat me. I am no man. Oh, God. Stabby stab. I mean, the shittiest scene. Anyway, yeah. I like that scene. We'll get onto that. I thought it was very empowering. Moving on. <laughs> so she saves the baby and then probably gets sent to an asylum if she ever tries to explain any of what happened. Well, yeah, especially because at the end of the movie, she has a whole fucking dance party with all her friends and frenemies from the labyrinth. Yeah, some of her friends would just try to kill her. Like, yeah, try to literally before. rip her head off. Yes. Get For this fun. Uh... For fun. When I try to do that, I go to prison. It's bullshit. Bullshit. All right, so that's the plot. We'll come back in a minute with some uh, trivia and fun facts for you. Okay, so some fun facts about the labyrinth. Yeah, fun facts. Yeah, this movie was almost fucking creepier. It's pretty creepy <laughs> already. That's even possible. Yeah, so Helena Bottom Carter also played almost played Sarah. God, I hate that fucking. But they wanted to go with an American, who I yeah I guess Helena Bottom Carter is British. We already we had this discussion off air. Yeah, and the thing is, you don't know what nationality a good actor is. Yeah, except her name is Helena Bottom Carter. Just, she has the creepy serial killer triple name thing Yeah, going. but that is the most British name other than Nigel McEnglishman. <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> I'm going to start calling you that now. <laughs> Nigel McEnglishman. God damn it. Oh, speaking of Nigel, we need to look at the wild thornberries at some point. Arr, smashing. <laughs> oh, smashing. It is Tim Curry. Oh, fuck it is. I love Tim Curry. Also, Muppet Treasure Island, Tim Curry. It all comes back to Muppet Treasure Island. Everything comes back to Tim Curry. Oh, yeah. Or the Muppets. And the Muppets. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Anywho, uh, <laughs> Laura Dern from Jurassic Park also auditioned, as well as Sarah Jessica Parker and Marissa Tomei. We're going to gallop over that horse joke. <laughs> Sorry, people, my voice is a little hoarse. <laughs> 
Was that a good joke? Nay, good. nay, it wasn't very good. <laughs> I behoove you, make some more. <laughs> All right, let's get back in the saddle here. <laughs> Jim Henson also considered uh, different stars for Jareth's role. Uh, at first, he wanted Sting, who ended up being in Dune. Better decision for Sting. Yeah, Dune. Dune's a great movie that we're going to cover too. Yeah. Uh, also, Prince from Purple Rain, and also the man responsible for the 1989 Batman soundtrack, which is killer. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, that's Burton. God damn it, I hate Tim Burton. Fucking Tim Burton's awesome. We're going to cover a lot of Tim Burton on here, people. Yeah, I don't I'm care if hate he hates it or not. Every fucking second. We're also going to make Neil watch a bunch of horror movies, and he hates those too. Mm. <laughs> this is going to be so much fun. Anywho, uh, Mick Jagger. Almost played Jareth, which yeah. would have been really interesting. Bad out of hell. But they would have had to probably put another million in the budget just for his uh, heroin habit. <laughs> so there's that. <laughs> and the best for the last. And we are I promise we're going to keep this brief. But <laughs> Michael Jackson was also considered for Jareth's role. Briefs? I'm going to fucking just glaze over the fact that they wanted Michael Jackson to play a goblin king who abducts little boys. That's so... It's too close to home, honestly. Yeah, it's it's too real. I, I don't know. We're not going to even go there. I mean, we probably will. No, no, we're not going to go there. <laughs> we're going to moonwalk right over all these references. <laughs> Let's just beat it. <laughs> God damn it. All right. Uh, so, Hoggle ended up being Hogwarts? the... Hogwarts? Hoggle. Uh, he was the hardest puppet to maneuver. Uh, he had five people, five operators inside of him, kind of <laughs> like Neil on a Tuesday. Or Michael Jackson's house. <laughs> uh, he also had 18 motors in his face alone. So, God damn. Yeah. He kinda was like, pretty expressive, Kind of like Joan Rivers at the end. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen a lot of Doctor Who, but she always reminds me of that that. Thing that oh, just the face out stretched out on the rack. Yeah, being, uh, being fed Lady Cassandra. I can't remember, and I'm gonna piss off nerds by getting the name wrong. Yeah. Also, I saw a video the other day where Joan Rivers was talking about how Michelle Obama was a tranny. I saw the same video. Oh, you sent it to me. <laughs> <laughs> I did. We're not gonna get very political. No, on no, the because show, we people. will get we will get killed. Yeah, we're not gonna get political on the show, but it it was interesting. I'll give them that. <laughs> I think it came from some weird fucking. I don't know. It was I, definitely a parody. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I've never seen Michelle Obama's I'm, nether region. I'm just asking questions. I'm just asking questions here. You can't we're, explain that. We are very thought-provoking. <laughs> we're a very serious podcast. Uh, we're so, a very serious podcast. Yeah. We're not fake news. So, the owl at the beginning of the movie is actually the first photorealistic attempt at a CGI animal in a movie ever. Which is a really weird hat this movie has to hang it like a weird thing to hang its hat on is what I'm trying to say. Pretty much, it's because of all the things this movie is, uh, groundbreaking was not one of them in my opinion. You can shut your whore mouth because <laughs> I thought it was groundbreaking. It would have been groundbreaking. It's about to be face breaking. We keep talking shit about this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Hogwarts. <laughs> so. Pretty much every character in the movie can be seen in Sarah's room at the beginning as a doll or a stuffed animal or a picture or whatever. Um, kind of implying that she's like tripping on dope or something weird and she's just seeing all this stuff come alive. Yeah. Which that's one of many, well, that's one of a few theories we'll discuss. Jesus. You could really go down the rabbit hole in this movie. We will ruin this movie for you. It makes a lot more sense with the theories, which is 
not good. Yeah, because it, it, just trying to watch it without – I kind of hate that I had waited so long to rewatch this movie because I have all these theories in my head with it. It's We're going to ruin this movie for you, and I apologize ahead of time. Pretty much. Also, uh, fun fact, fun cameo here. Gates McFadden from uh, Next Generation was a choreographer for the movie. Dr. And Crusher. I'd crush her. And she was a dancer in the masquerade ball scene. Which we knew that going into that scene. Still couldn't find her. Doctor? So many redheads. Nurse? So many redheads in that scene. Hello, nurse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know which one she is. She's Everyone's not a nurse. She's a doctor. Damn it. I'm a doctor, not a choreographer. Not a dancer. <laughs> <laughs> a tiny dancer. A dancer for money. I mixed a bunch of fucking 80s Move songs along. <laughs> <laughs> Let's dance past that one. I'm just dancing away with y'all's hearts right now. <laughs> so the puppet for Ludo weighed about 100 pounds, and Jim Henson didn't like that, and they got it down to 75 pounds. And he also had a camera installed in his horn because there's no other way to see where you're going in the costume. <laughs> uh, the book that this is loosely based on was called Outside Over There. It was written by Maurice Sandak, who also wrote Where the Wild Things Are. Never heard it, never or never seen it, never read it. Where the Wild Things Are? Yeah. I've heard of it. My sister-in-law was really into that, I think. I mean, we could the books. We might we might uh, we might do that on the podcast sometime. Perhaps. Who knows? Mayhaps. If it's anywhere as weird as this, I'll probably like it. But anyway, a copy of that book can be seen in Sarah's bedroom also. Uh, there are apparently seven hidden faces or heads in the DVD release of the movie. We saw one of them during a scene change when we were rewatching it. Yeah, because it took up half the fucking screen. <laughs> it was very prominent, and it was Bowie's head. But that's the only one I saw. But apparently, if you really want to rewatch this a few times and find them, they're there. Um, so George Lucas refused to give any interviews for the movie because he didn't want to steal Jim Henson's thunder. Uh, because they were friends. Yeah. Also, because the good movie guy. didn't make any money, so maybe he just didn't get anything out of it. <laughs> say, I don't really know. I was going to say good guy George, but really just trying to protect his career, good George. Good guy George. Yeah. Our Lord and Savior. Yeah. So this movie was filmed next door to Legend and from the 1985 movie Legend, which I just bought a DVD copy of and I've never seen. And Nor have I. We're going we're gonna to do that one soon. Yeah, we'll anyway. have to do like a first take on it. Yeah. So the cast and crew kind of intermingled and met each other and would hang out, I guess. Um, so Brian Henson, who's Jim Henson's son and also worked on this movie, met Mia Sarah, who is the lead in Legend and also Ferris Bueller's girlfriend. Huh. And they later got married, I think sometime in the 90s. And apparently before she married him, she was married to Sean Connery's son. God, I don't know why you'd ever leave that family. Well, I don't know. Maybe he had too much Chester. Is that possible? No. I don't know. Also, if he didn't... Okay, imagine Sean Connery without the accent, and tell me if you still like Sean Connery. Ooh. Ladies and gentlemen, these are the groundbreaking questions. Sean Connery. Sean Connery is a fucking Spaniard. I'm a peacock. (laughs) (laughs) If you don't know what we're referencing, you'll find out shortly, because we're going to do the the Highlander. That can be only one. You must do it, Highlander. Anyway. So... There's a lot of references to the number 13 in this movie, um, and that mm-hmm. apparently talks that's apparently talking about the uh, magic hour between midnight and 1 a.m., which is when she actually made the wish for Toby to go with the Goblin King. But I've heard that the witching hour is between 3 and 4 a.m., so So whatever. hold on. Didn't the parents say they were going to be back by midnight? Moving on. <laughs> 
God damn it. I don't <laughs> fucking know. Don't make me think. <laughs> Sorry. I just anyway, I mean this that could be both those things could be true in this movie because this movie makes no fucking sense and it's entirely it an acid driven plot line. Anyway. So Brian Henson was the voice of Hoggle, which is kinda cool. Yeah. That guy Hogwart? That guy fucked me as Sarah. Just thinking about that. Hoggle? Hoggle fucked Ferris Bueller's girlfriend. I wonder if he used the puppet. No. Cause well, that would explain why it's all rotten and beat up. <laughs> <laughs> it was used in sex acts and abandoned in Alabama. Just like Neil. Sure. <laughs> I was going to say Neil's mom, but I didn't want to go there. <laughs> Thanks, E. <laughs> Thank you. It would have been funnier, you have to admit, but I didn't want to go there. I've kind of pushed Thanks, out. Thanks, I guess. Yeah, something like that. Oh, God. So apparently in this movie, there's a uh, Skeksis in the background, which if you've seen The Dark Crystal, which I actually haven't. You've never seen The Dark Crystal? Sure haven't. I think I even own a copy. I don't know. Whoa. But uh, that's a furry shellfish creature that in the uh, apparently has a role in Dark Crystal. Yeah? It's somewhere in the labyrinth. It's been years since I've seen it, so I can't really say like I know much about it, but yeah. I'm surprised you've never seen it. Well, also, we have to talk about Bowie's hair. Because it's amazing. Um, his wig is basically the same haircut as a guy named Lamal, who uh, is a British pop song pop singer who sang the theme for Never Ending Story in 1984. And oh. he was also the lead singer for Kajagoogoo. God, what a fucking name. Who had the one-hit wonder, Too Shy, which is a pretty great song. I'm trying to think of it. Um, too shy. Oh, hush, hush, how do I? yeah. Yeah. That's a pretty not great song. <laughs> Not terrible but, either. But a spot on cover, ladies and gentlemen. That's what I do. Um, also, there's a reference that every time they say the phrase, it's a piece of cake, shit goes bad. It's not a piece of cake. It's never. The cake is a lie. The cake is a lie. All right. So in a minute, we'll talk about some fan theories from this movie and then maybe some of our favorite and least favorite moments. All right, so let's talk about some of the fan theories associated with this My movie. favorite part of this discussion, because god damn. <laughs> it makes this movie real fucking weird. Let's oh put it that boy. way. All right, so the first theory is that Jareth is some sort of immortal thing, and he's been abducting different Sarahs for centuries, because apparently he was like obsessed with a Sarah once way down the line and didn't get her. So he takes little spoiled kids... And turns them into goblins and tries to get Sarahs to come rescue them so he can taunt them essentially for 13 hours at a time. So, <laughs> hey man, I'm not here to kink shame. <laughs> yeah, he's into Sarahs. Um, Who are 15. Okay, I am here to kink yeah. shame. If that's your kink, I'm shaming you. Yeah, I mean, he specifically tells Sarah that Toby's going to turn into a goblin if he stays there. Oh, yeah. So we can fuck. assume that every goblin was once, maybe not a Toby, but was a little kid. Oh, yeah, cuz uh, uh, the odds of finding both a Toby and a Sarah in a family. Yeah, you're stretching it. Yeah. Yeah. And the thing about the name Sarah is it's an old Hebrew name. Mm. So there could have been Sarahs since there were Hebrews. So since depending on your beliefs, since people have been around pretty much. So, he could have been doing this for a long fucking time. And the reason this whole theory exists is because when Hoggle meets Sarah, she says, hi, I'm Sarah. And he says, that's what I figured. Hogwart? Hobble? Hobble. Hobble. Hoggle. Hobble. Hoggle. I feel like you're saying, but I'm saying, 
Anyway, the fan theories. <laughs> uh, there's another theory that says that uh, Jareth was taken by the goblins as a child himself. He's obviously the goblin king, but he doesn't look like a fucking goblin. So, there's a theory about these goblins that are called kobolds. They're old German goblins. And they pretty much have to have human attention in order to survive. So, since now, I say now, this is 30 fucking years ago when this movie was made, but even then, people don't really believe in goblins and fairies anymore. So Speak for yourself. Yeah. So, these goblins stole baby David Bowie and told him that he was some sort of king or god, and they use him to attract Sarah or these other people to the realm so that they are forced to believe in the goblins, therefore keeping the goblins alive. Okay. Imagine this. You're a child. I know you were never actually a a human child there, Z. What, (laughs) babe? But you're a child. You get abducted by aliens or kobolds or goblins, whatever the fuck it is. Jin. Jin. And then you're told by them that you're their new king. Uh, I don't have to imagine this. (laughs) (laughs) But you never wonder why my pants are so tight and my crotch bulge is so prominent? I'm a goblin king. (laughs) I've been for years. I had a point. Moving on. Yeah. Go fuck yourself. (laughs) So the third fan theory is easily the darkest one, and we'll keep this short. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Will we, though? But the thing is, this one makes the most sense in my head. Because the whole movie, uh, the, the fan theory says that Sarah is basically coping with being some sort of sexual abuse victim. Now, there's a novel that goes with this, allegedly. I have not read it, full disclosure. But the novel tells us that her parents uh, obviously have split because she has a stepmother. But her mother is a famous actress, and she has a stepfather named Jeremy. We can assume... That Jeremy is David Bowie, because there's a picture of her mother yeah. in her room. Twice we see that picture. Yeah, with a guy who's David like Bowie. Like, they're not even trying to hide that picture. So we're assuming that maybe this is her stepfather, Jeremy, who she's seeing a version of in The Goblin King. Um, and the theory goes that he may have molested Sarah at some point. Yeah, because especially at the end, if you're watching it, and the, the things he's saying to her are like... The raw emotions of, like, an abusive stepfather. Yeah, it does definitely have that vibe. Um, And he is constantly being creepy. I want you to love me. Um, Yeah, care for me. Just let me rule you. Yeah, he literally drugs her to sleep. Literally. With a peach. Um, And the only reason, the only way she's free of him ever is to say, you have no power over me. Is to become your own, essentially your own adult, your own woman. Yeah. Stop you're, you're no longer under his influence. So God, that's dark, and it makes yeah. so much sense. Well, the theory basically says all the stuffed animals and imaginary friends are part of an elaborate coping mechanism, which helps her basically be free of Jeremy. Yeah, and also it was the 80s, so she could have definitely gotten her hands on some LSD or some shit. It, it could be it could be real dark, people. That's <sighs> we're gonna leave it at that. But, yeah. Um, in closing. What were your favorite? What's your favorite moment of Labyrinth, Neil? Favorite moment. So you you watched me watch this movie, and there were many a time where I just outright burst into laughing and tears. You did. Some of them weren't even really that funny. No, but I was. It was really. And again, I I really wish I could watch this movie not having those fan theories in my head. Mm-hmm. But having that in my head, especially the last one, which is super dark, 
it all like it just it's it makes me laugh because it's so ridiculous and and sad i guess you could say um my favorite moment ah uh, man um i don't know like i think hoggle piloting the weird iron golem creature thing like just out of nowhere was kind of fun that was his redeeming moment yeah it was kind of, yeah it was almost like that that was definitely his um god damn it which hobbit was it that jumped on jumped on an orc or something oh oh, oh, and oh fucking just um, was a complete boss about it it was the one that was sworn to uh to gondor it was uh mary uh, pippin pippin, pippin. I yeah. can't remember it was mary pippin it's no it's pippin. pippin when they, when they jump on the pippin fucking... who also had a bomb ass song yes he did and that he, he made that cool before um what's it that's from game of thrones Oh yeah, before uh, Pod the Rod, I Pod your pain, <laughs> Pod the Rod. Yeah, I actually, yeah, we'll we'll get into that. That's in one of many but, parallels between those. But two. yeah, no, we'll uh, but uh, the actor who played Pippin, that, that uh, he he actually does a really good job at that. But Pimpin. um, his name is Pimpin. Pimpin. <laughs> no, but that was one of my favorite moments. Um, there were a number of moments in there where I was just um, I I, I thoroughly actually. I shit on this movie, right? Because objectively, in a lot of ways, it's a bad movie. No, it's not. But it's... I can't be objective about this movie, apparently. I, I'm never going to probably watch it again on my own. I'll never watch it on my own. Um, But it's it's um, it's so fucking 80s, too. And I just love that. Um, I just... I have... Uh, the notes I took of this shit were, like... It, the, the movie's definitely has themes, right? And mm-hmm. one of the biggest themes about it is, and it, I think that's true in any movie it's talking about, like, magic and shit. Any kid's movie has themes. Yeah, but, like, the power of words. Right. Where, um, like, I the quote, I, I was literally taking fucking notes. It says, what's said is said. Like, she was saying, like, oh, I didn't mean it. He goes, well, and it's like a lesson to kids. Like, well, don't say shit that you don't mean. It's like a Ferengi with a contract. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> like... It's just the you know the it's it's wrapping up these um you know wrapping up my thought is it's a lesson to kids it's just uh I, I don't know it's it's you, if you haven't seen this movie go give it a watch and I don't know just uh, a lot of good parts tell us your favorite part so I'm definitely I'm, I'm a costume guy I like a good costume and the whole scene at the masquerade ball really does it for me that's fucking gangster Gates McFadden. Gates McFadden choreographed the shit out of that. No, but the costumes are fucking killer, and it's a it's a very pretty movie. I, I really enjoy a very good looking movie. That's true, especially with a movie from 1986 with it's Bowie old. singing throughout the whole movie. Yeah, you can't beat that. Um, basically, the voice of my dreams. No, um, you, you don't Ooh, see a lot of babe. you don't see a lot of really pretty movies from the 80s. I mean, like Goonies and some other ones, you know. They, they hold up well because of the nostalgia as That's opposed true. to in spite of the nostalgia. But I think the the, ho- the Hobbit. <laughs> no. <laughs> gross. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> the Labyrinth, I think, really has. It, it's a pretty movie. It's fun to watch visually. You can watch it without the music and the, the stuff, and you'd be like, this is cool. I don't know what the fuck's going on. We're going to disagree on that point. That's fine. <laughs> it's okay that you're wrong. But all right. <laughs> So obviously you had a lot of moments you didn't like, but what what's yeah. one big one that you hated? The whole fucking, the f- fucking swamp. What is it? The uh, it's the bog of eternal stench. The bog of eternal stench is one giant fart joke. There's literal anuses <laughs> really in is. the swamp. <laughs> I'm like, look, man, like you I can like make a fart that. joke, a <laughs> fart joke. It did. It made a ten minute long. They fart made joke. a fifteen minute fart joke. <laughs> oh. 
I just also wish... Sir Dinamon was one of my favorite people. Dinamis, Dinamis. I, can't I even get just the wish right. that the movie made more fucking sense. That's the only thing I don't like about it. it it's all if an it had dream. another half hour of stuff in there that kind of like bridged some of the moments together. Well, like even the beginning, they just kind of yeah. drop you into it. Well, if if Bowie had more lines and kind of explained things, or like a cool David Bowie voiceover at the beginning that like. <laughs> In the, the year 1986. I don't fucking know. but Or something like, ooh, the power of goblins well, or something you know, like that, you know? Like, the original Dune, they had to come back when they released it yeah, like on VHS, yeah, yeah, yeah. and they had to give you a 10-minute intro because it's such a thick, stupid world that they've built. It's not stupid. stupid. Some of it's stupid. Some of it's very stupid. But, you know, Dune, when they did that, since they realized they didn't do well at the box office, which pretty much like Labyrinth, they had to come back and give you more of the story. Yeah, uh, they, they learned from their lesson. Yeah, it was still too little, too late. But yeah. I think Labyrinth would could have used that. I think they could have. Yeah, that's a that's a good point. Or maybe even if I don't know. Like I said, I haven't seen the Dark Crystal, but if they made those like into a two part movie, maybe they would have done better. I don't know. I don't. That'd be transition them. I don't. I don't know. Maybe one's a sequel of the other. That, that's yeah. interesting. Yeah, and I don't know if they are or aren't. So they're definitely not. <laughs> but it seemed like there was more to the Labyrinth story that didn't get told. It seemed like there was a great story there, but didn't get pulled all the way out. That's a very valid point. Yeah. So And they should have cast Michael fucking Jackson. Yeah. Or Michael Dorn. <laughs> Can you imagine? He's just like Klingons as goblins. Oh shit, I would watch this. <laughs> <shit. laughs> oh my god. Uh, right. Come with me, Sarah, to Stovacor. <laughs> So we are going to uh, yeah, wrap up. We're going to wrap it up there. We're going to wrap up the labyrinth there. We want to thank you guys for listening. We want to thank our uh, wonderful music guy for our intro song. And uh, tune in next week, and we'll talk about some more dumb shit. Um, and uh, we're probably going to sing you out after our uh, last set of ads here. So if you want to hear that, stick around. <laughs> ads. Yeah. All right. Thanks, guys. Okay, bye. Well, thanks, guys. That was our uh, review on The Labyrinth, as disconnected and disjointed as it was. Um, thank you for listening. Please leave us a review on wherever you catch your podcasts. Uh, catch us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, at TheFluentNerd, all one word. Uh, send us feedback, either on the social media, or you can send it to our Gmail, TheFluentNerd at gmail.com. Uh, if you have a suggestion for any good behind-the-scenes story, email, honestly, any feedback at all, we, we're very eager to hear from you guys. So let us know. Um, thanks for listening again, and we hope to catch you guys next week. Also, special thanks to our friend Sean Ryan, who did our intro music here. Absolutely. You can find him on Instagram, SoundCloud, and Facebook. Again, that's Sean Ryan. Sean Ryan. Thanks for listening, guys. Thanks.